Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of August 27, 2023. Beginning September 1, the KCB Zoom line that we use for most of our meetings will be ACB community compliant. This will permit us to request ACB hosts for our meetings and events if needed. This will also mean that the Zoom room will not be open until 10 to 15 minutes prior to a meeting. When joining a meeting, you may receive a message that the host is not yet opened the room. You will not be able to hear or talk to others until the host opens the room. If you have questions about this change, please call KCB at 502-895-4598. Also beginning September 1, most of the KCB committee meetings will move to our second Zoom line. That number is 669-900-6833, and the meeting ID is 846-4742-6493. The passcode, should you need it, is 975 865. Examples of committees that will move to this new line are the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Eat Committee on the first Sunday of the month at 7 p.m., the Kentucky Council of the Blind Convention Planning Committee on the first and third Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., and the KCB PR Membership Committee on the second Wednesday at 8 p.m. Again, if you have any questions, please give us a call at 502-895-4598. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind in Bowling Green holds its social hour each Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Central. That's 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Zoom. Some weeks they have a speaker. Other weeks it's open conversation. The Zoom number is 669 669- Nine zero zero six eight three three, and their code is seven six three six eight nine four four one one. On Friday, September one, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind (GLCB) invites you to share in our Rain or Shine Labor Day picnic. This is a hybrid roundabout, in person at United Crescent Hill Ministries, one fifty South State Street in Louisville, from four thirty to 8.30 p.m. and virtual on the KCB Zoom line at 669-900-6833, ID 862-9889-6972 from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We'll have hamburgers, hot dogs, potato salad, and baked beans, and ice cream for dessert. Dinner is at 5 p.m. and is $6 a person. We'll play games from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., so come start your Labor Day weekend with us. Remember to call us if you plan to have dinner or need a carryout. Also, let us know if you have any tech tips to share, if you need help with your iPhone or Alexa device, etc. Return rides from the in-person roundabout should be scheduled between 8.45 and 9 p.m. 
The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, KCCLV, invites everyone to attend its September in-person low vision support group meetings on Monday, September 11, and Monday, September 25. The meeting time is from 1 to 2.30 p.m., and the location is at UCHM 150 South State Street in Louisville. KCCLV's September business meeting will be on Wednesday, September 6 at 8 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line. Join the call from any computer, cell phone, or landline by dialing 669-900-6833 and entering the code 862-9889-6972. The Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind elected new officers at its August meeting. They are President Jerry Slusher, First Vice President Cisco Slusher, Second Vice President Terry Meyer, and Secretary Treasurer Lisa Kemp. Cisco Slusher will also serve as the chapter's new representative on the KCB Board of Directors. NKCB will hold its meetings on the second Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Their conference number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. The next meeting is on Monday, September 11. For its September meeting, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold a picnic at Legion Park in Owensboro from noon to 2 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, September 12. Request GRITS transportation by calling Cheryl Ott at 270-686-8689 by September 7. Order sub-sandwiches by September 9 by calling Rick Boggess at 270-684-4418. There will be no Zoom meeting for this meeting. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation's September Business Meeting will be on Thursday, September 14 at 8 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line. The Eastern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its next in-person meeting on Saturday, September 16 at 11 a.m. To find out more about the location of the meeting and to ask about transportation, contact Ronnie Patrick, President of EKCCB at 606-671-0226. And this article was posted on ACB Conversation this past Thursday. We thought you would find it very interesting. It's called Bringing Braille Fun Home. Lego Braille Bricks on Sale for the First Time. Following an overwhelming response from around the world, Lego Braille Bricks are now available to purchase online at lego.com. The launch marks a significant milestone in the development of more inclusive learning through play experiences. With both Braille and printed letters, numbers, and symbols on each brick, and games designed for all ages, the new Lego Braille Bricks 
Play with Braille set makes learning Braille more fun and accessible to everyone. Available in English and French from September 1, 2023, with pre-orders starting the 24th of August and additional languages to follow next year. Ahead of World Blind Awareness Month this October, and in response to global demand, the LEGO Group announces LEGO Braille Bricks are available to purchase for the first time through LEGO.com. The new product, LEGO Braille Bricks Play with Braille, is aimed at kids ages 6 and up and has been designed so that anyone who is curious about Braille, be they blind, partially sighted, or sighted, can have fun getting to know the Braille system at home with their family members in a playful, inclusive way. Martine Abel Williamson, President of the World Blind Union, commented, For blind and partially sighted children, and adults for that matter, it makes all the difference if they can share their journey of learning Braille with the people they love the most. For the blind community, Braille is not just literacy. It's our entry into independence and inclusion into the world. And to have Lego Braille bricks made available for the wider public is a massive step toward ensuring more children will want to learn Braille in the first place. And because it's based on a product that so many families already know and love, this is really an invitation for all family members to have fun building tactile skills and getting familiar with Braille using the same tools. Until now, Lego Braille bricks have only been distributed free of charge by the Lego Foundation to organizations specializing in the education of children with vision impairments. Since the launch of these educational kits in 2020, feedback from parents, carers, grandparents, children, and educators has continuously highlighted the positive impact the bricks have and how they transform the way children with vision impairment can learn Braille. This overwhelming response has led to the creation of Lego Braille Bricks Play with Braille to give families the opportunity to enjoy the benefits and practice their tactile skills at home. Lisa Taylor, mom to 7-year-old Olivia and 4-year-old Imogen, commented, Olivia first discovered Lego Braille Bricks at school, and they had such a big impact on her curiosity for Braille. Before then, she found it hard to get started with the symbols, but now she's improving all the time. To have a set at home changes everything. We can play with Braille together as a family, and she can introduce Braille to her little sister in a way they both love. Lego Braille bricks are accessible for her without 
being really different for other kids. So she gets to play and learn just like every other child. That makes her feel included, which is important, not just to Olivia, but to any child. Lego Braille Bricks Play with Braille includes 287 bricks in five colors, white, yellow, green, red, and blue. All bricks are fully compatible with other Lego products, and the studs on each brick are arranged to correspond to the numbers and letters in the Braille system, with the printed version of the symbol or letter situated below the studs. The set also includes two base plates to build on and comes in packaging with Braille embossing. To enhance the play experience and support pre-Braille skill development, a series of supporting Braille starters are available on lego.com and will teach players how to orient, attach, and stack the bricks through well-loved games such as rock, paper, scissors, which all members of the family can take part in. The Lego Group lead designer on Lego Braille Bricks said, quote, Play has the power to change lives. When children play, they learn vital, lifelong skills. So we were thrilled with the reception that Lego Braille Bricks received in educational settings. We've been inundated with thousands of requests to make them more widely available. So we just knew we had to make it happen. End of quote. It's been a fantastic journey collaborating with children, families, and experts from around the world to develop the product and online activity packs. Our partners have been instrumental also in advising on what colorways should be used for the bricks product packaging, and digital experiences to ensure this is optimized for individuals who experience low vision and vision loss. We know this is a strong platform for social inclusion and can't wait to see families get creative and have fun playing with Braille together. With its ongoing commitment to make its play experiences more inclusive, the Lego Group has also partnered with the free mobile app Be My Eyes. The popular app connects blind and partially sighted people with companies to help with everyday tasks through a live video call. As part of the partnership, Lego customer service colleagues will provide confidential live visual assistance through the app covering support from a wide range of topics from unboxing to general product support. Mike Buckley, chairman and CEO of Be My Eyes, commented, The fact that the Lego group is investing in inclusion is huge because so many people in the blind and low vision community already love and enjoy Lego products. Be My Eyes is incredibly honored to partner with the Lego group to enable and inspire the creativity of blind and low vision builders across the globe. The Lego group is also pleased to announce that Lego audio and braille building instructions will now become a permanent offering. 
inspired and co-developed by entrepreneur Matthew Schifrin, who is blind, this experience gives builders the option of having select Lego building instructions available as audio or text for Braille readers. Lego Braille Bricks Play with Braille is priced at $89.99 USD and now available for pre-order in English and French. Versions ahead of launch September 1st, 2023. In early 2024, the set will also be available in Italian, German, and Spanish versions. The LEGO Foundation will continue to carry out research and distribute LEGO Braille Bricks educational kits free of charge through partnering with national blindness organizations and other partnering organizations. With me now is Patty Cox, President of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. Patty has spent a good part of the last week helping the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation do vision screenings at the Kentucky State Fair. Patty, welcome to Soundprints and uh, tell us about the importance of eye screening and how this is done by so many volunteers each year. Well, every year um, they set up a booth which has uh, a kid's site so that they, what they do is they point a camera at the kid's eyes and somehow, um, I don't work that section, but somehow that tells them um, you know, if they need to be seen immediately or um, if they need to see an ophthalmologist or an optometrist soon. Um, and then there are three stations that we have adults come through. And the first one is your visual acuity. We tested your distance vision and we test the near vision. Um, sometimes pe people, um, they don't even know it. They just say things have been a little fuzzy. And you've got somebody who used to see 2020 three or four years ago who haven't had their eyes tested in that amount of time. And they were finding out they can, they only see 20 over 100. Um, 20 over 200. They have trouble reading those letters. So then on the um, near vision, if if a person is struggling to get to the 2020 or the 2030 line, we do have reader glasses that we do give people, but we let them try to read those lines. And if it helps them, then that's great. Um, but we do suggest that they go see someone because there's been a change. In the second uh, station that we have is the peripheral vision. And um, they test your peripheral vision. You look for these little squiggly lines. And that that's your field of vision. Um, then the third one, which a lot of people really, they say they're scared of it or they, they don't like it. But it is where we test for glaucoma. And... Um, it's a little puff of air. It's it's not it doesn't hurt you. It's not like a gun shooting a bullet through or anything, but it's some people think it is. But the important uh part of this is that 
it's very important to get your um, your eyes checked every year. Um, we every day that I worked out there, there was somebody that really needed to call that day or the next day if it was late in the evening where nobody was open. But there there were people that came in and said, I've had trouble. Things are a little fuzzy. And come to find out that um, they see 20 over 200. Their field of vision is really, really low. And then they get to where we're going to check for their eye pressure. And it's at 38. Well, we like it between 10 and 24. So 38 is a really dangerous stage. And um, we just encourage them to call someone and get in the next day. And then those who are people that are under 40, people that have, um, and, and they have pretty good vision, they don't have to go through two or three unless they have a history. Um, but if they're over 40, if they have diabetes, if there's a history of vision loss in the family, we encourage them to go to all three stations. Okay, and how many people do you usually screen like in an afternoon or a morning? I have never counted. Um, but some days, um, you work in the, the, the afternoon shift you get into, there's a concert each day. So people, they leave early and they go eat and then they go to the concert or, um, you know, the daytime seems to be a lot busier. On Tuesdays, it is senior day and seniors are free at the fair. And so, um, I usually work on Tuesday mornings with the Downtown Lions Club. And um, for two hours and 23 minutes, I was doing screenings. And I did not even stop. We didn't stop for a drink. There was myself and one other person. And we just were constantly doing screenings for that period of time. Um, so, I know that I did... In that one, in, in that two and a half hour stretch, I probably did the same amount that I did in the in two other days. So, oh. it's just, uh, it depends on if they have a discount, who comes through, but senior day mm -hmm. is always the biggest day out there. And is it, we have very, very hot weather last week. Do you get a lot of people when it's hot outside and they can come in and into the south wing and kind of, you know, get into the cool, and therefore they show up at the health booths? Um, no, it doesn't seem to be bothering anyone. Um, they come, it just it depends on what they have going on. When they have the mock trials, um, mm -hmm. they do mock trials with lawyers and you get to either be the lawyer and make the case, or you can be the defendant or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like when they have that, there's fewer people in there. Um, but it just depends on what's going on. And it, it comes and goes. Mm -hmm. And you could be slow for 20 minutes and be slammed and not even think about, uh, you know, taking a break for an hour. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. And it also depends on what station you're doing. Um, of course, station one, you know, 
again, if you're under 40 and nothing's wrong, you're going to go on to the checkout and and then they'll leave. But if they need to go on through the other two stations, um, which senior day, most of them do go through all three stations. It's just really busy. Okay. Well, you've done this before um, the last, what, couple of years. And so do you plan on working this activity again next year? Oh, yes. I, I enjoy it. Um, just to be able to go out there and screen people and then if you find that there is loss of vision or your eye pressure being up, just letting them, people know how important it is. And having a vision visual impairment myself, um, you kind of tell, you know, about yourself and your vision loss and they also see how important it is for them to take care of their vision loss. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being on Soundprints with us, and I'm glad uh, that you all had a successful week at the fair. Can't wait to get the numbers on how many were screened at the um, Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation booth this year. Uh, I'm going to bet that the number was up from last year, but oh, we'll, yeah. we'll probably know in about a week. I think the numbers will be up, and I did it, I think it was a year or two years before COVID, and so two years ago, it was really slow. Last year, it was picking up, but this year, we're getting near back up to that back normal stage. Yeah, that'll be really good, so, because even last year, the numbers were very uh we're very low compared mm -hmm. to uh, the big years before covid so let's hope we're back up i bet we are just from how you said you've been busy well thank you very much i'm glad you enjoyed it and appreciate all the help at the klef booth and now on page two we're going to bring you some clips from this past week's roundabout it was page turners a chance for people to share information on the books they've read, what they've enjoyed, and what they maybe didn't like so much. So we hope that you'll find some new things to read and enjoy what others have discovered in their reading for the past several months. Sound Prince comes to you 12 times each week on ACB Media One. Our broadcast times are Sunday at 8 p.m., Monday at 8 a.m., Tuesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m. and 4 p.m., 10 p.m., Thursday, and Friday at 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. Listen to ACB Media One using the ACB Link app on your phone or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number one when prompted. You can also listen on your Victor Reader stream by searching for sound prints in the Victor Stream database. Or you can listen on the ACB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB information line by calling 773-572-6318. For more information about sound prints or to request a free subscription on CD, 
playable on your standard CD player, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Page 2. Thanks to everybody for coming. And uh, everybody here is on time. This is the first virtual one that we have had um, the, the 6.30 to 8.30 at the new time. So I'm glad everyone has come and hope everybody has some books to share or uh, things to um, talk about that are relating related to reading and, um, uh, you know, where you get books or the library or whatever. Um, and we may wind up talking about a couple of more topics tonight, too. Okay, Natalie, I'll turn it over to you so you can lead this off with page turners. All right, so this will be um, page turners, and that is where we can talk about books that we've read, books we want to read, books we don't ever want to read again, um, things we wish we read, <laughs> basically anything related to books. Um, the For those of you who may not know, the book for um, the Tri-State Library Users Book Club is um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And so that should be a good book. That will be whatever the third Saturday in September is. So we will start this off. Anybody got any books that you've read lately that you want to talk about or anything related to books? Go ahead, Sue Ellen. Okay. Um, I actually, I read, there's a couple books I want to talk about. The first one is the one I just finished earlier this week. It's called The Apollo Murders, and it is really, really good. It's by Chris Hadfield, H-A-D-F-E-I-L-D. And I got this one off of Bard, but they they do have the commercial version. And what it is, is it focuses on an Apollo flight and this particular former fighter pilot who is uh, partially blind. Um, He has sight only in one eye. And he is the liaison between NASA and um, the, NS, the NSA, the whole military complex there in D.C. And there's a whole lot of cat and mouse, because this is set in the 1970s, so we're talking Cold War, um, the co- whole competition between the U.S. and Russia for who did what first and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it's really, really good. Um, it, you really learn a lot about the author actually is a former, uh, fighter pilot and did work for NASA. So he knows what he's talking about and you really get a sense of what the, you know, what day to day life is like for training and in flight and stuff when you're an astronaut and what things are like in the mission control and everything. It's really, really good. And so if you like space stuff, you might want to read that. And now I'm reading a book called The Escape Artist by Brad Meltzer. And this one is 
dealing with a guy who is a mortician at Dover Air at um, the Dover Mortuary, where a lot of the fallen soldiers come through, and you know they take care of them and get them ready to be sent home to their families. And this young woman who is an artist in residence with the military, and both these are parts of series. Um, the Escape Artist is part of a series called the Zig and Nola series, and Apollo Murders is the first book in the Apollo Murders series, which the second book comes out in print in October. And I've already read the synopsis of that, and it looks really good. But these are two books that are really, really good that people might want to check out. Okay. I might have to check out the first one you talked about because it sounds good. All right. Anybody else? Bill Wright. Okay, go ahead, Bill. Okay, I have been reading, and this this is a a series. Um, the author is uh, Glenda. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Castillo. B A S T I L L O, and she writes a series about um, the character's name is Kate Berthalter, Bert, Holder, and uh, she is a sheriff in a small town in Ohio, and um, she was born Amish. And then went off to 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 police to the police academy and worked in Cleveland and worked in New York. She has came home to be the the sheriff of this uh, small town, and uh, they fifteen books uh, in in the series, and they are available on BART and Bookshire, um, and um, it's uh, uh, well done. I, I learned a, a lot about the uh, the Amish that I, that I did not know, and, uh, you know, and they, you know, um, Things about them and the things about them interacting with, um, you know, the, the the other people in the neighborhood. That's all I have. I'm actually reading a really good book. Um, it is called Freefall, and it is by Jessica Berry. Um, I am reading it because I was putting it in the schedule for um, last week and for the book chat that they do. And um, it's about a, a girl who um, she's with her, well, she's, she's in a plane crash with a guy, and um, the she's presumed dead. I'm not quite through it yet. I'm not. But the mother right now is going out to look for her because she does not believe that she's dead. So it's kind of showing her that, you know, the daughter's um, 
survival and trying to get back to civilization because they crash in the mountains of Colorado. So um, I'm a little bit over a fourth of the way through it, but um, it's it's a really good book. So um, I'm reading that, and I just finished Lord of the Flies, but a lot of you know my thoughts about that from last week. So, um, <laughs> so um, that is what I'm reading. Anybody else got anything good? So I want to comment again on the book I mentioned last Saturday, um, the one called The Insignificant Life of a Cactus. Oh, yeah. And, um, I just want to talk about that a little bit more. Because, uh, <clears throat> again, it's a story about a, a young girl um, uh, who was born with no arms. And uh, when she... Uh, where she was born originally, um, she lived there for the first 12 or 13 years of her life. And everybody kind of got used to that. You know, she was learning. Her parents never gave her a pass. She had to learn to do things with her feet and uh, did, a, did a great job. But over time, people just got used to it. And she was taught, you know didn't have to explain anything, but in at the beginning of this book, she has moved, her family has moved to a new, new, new location, and now here she is, an adolescent, going to a new school, meeting new friends, and, and, and now being the, you know, the oddball, um, trying to fit in, but having, you know, having a difficult time, but what, one time, I was listening to this book with my grandson. He had he read it uh, for a summer read, and there was a character, another person in the book that that uh, she met. Um, and he, her in her in her life, the main character's life, her parents always told her there was nothing wrong with her. You know, there was really you know arms were overrated. You know, if you, if you had arms, you always had to have clothes with sleeves. You know, you had to do your nails. You know, they. <laughs> there's one place in there. It's like twenty reasons why you you really don't need arms. You know, <laughs> so, so, so she was she was raised that way. Now there's a, she meets another guy who has who is in the same class with her, and he has he has Tourette's, and he oh, you know, does um, his what he ends up doing. He has ticks. You know that where he's had mm-hmm. weird movements, but he barks uh, uncontrolled. You know he just randomly makes barking sounds, and his par- his parents, on the other hand, made him feel like he really was a freak, and they ended up getting divorced because of him. And you know they didn't really want to spend time with him, and so he felt like his disability was was huge, and so now the two of them. All friends, <laughs> and there's one scene where they get into this big argument, and they're discussing their their individual disabilities. And she's saying, "I don't know what you're so upset about. You know, the only thing that's wrong with you is that you bark sometimes, and that's not a problem. You know, and and you know, you should be." And he's and he's saying, "Well, you. Sh- I don't know why you're so cheery all the time because having no arms is horrible. You know." <laughs> And it was, it's a great, it's a great discussion that highlights the differences people have in viewing disability. Um, it was kind of fun because I was reading it again with my grandson. He, and he stopped, you know, he said, let's, 
he said, what were they fighting about? You know, because cause it was a little bit over his head, but it was, you know, I just explained, you know, she thinks she doesn't have a problem when her problem is probably way more serious, and he thinks he has a huge problem, you know. So anyway, they're, they, the way they interact with each other in their perspective on disability is, to me, is what was interesting about the book. And where they got the title, The Insignificant Life of a, Life of a Cactus, is, is that in her previous school they were doing a play, and she wanted to be in the play. And they couldn't figure out what role for her to play. <laughs> but as part of the scenery, they needed a cactus. So they told oh. her she could be a cactus. <laughs> so she got to be in the play after all. <laughs> I think the thing about, well, there's nothing wrong with you except you bark sometimes. I think that's, that's funny. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. This is Adam. I have four books, and I'll run through them pretty quickly. Uh, the first one, I do not have a DB number for because it didn't have it on the recording, but it's Guns of the Timberland by Louis L'Amour. It's a 1955 copyright, and it's read by uh, uh, a fellow named Phil Regensdorf, who... Uh, recorded down at Insight for the Blind down in Florida. And he read quite a few talking books over the years. And the book's about five hours and 45 minutes long. And it deals with a rancher who uh, has uh, a grasslands and a bunch of timber, but it's up in a... Um, hill and valley that uh, only has two accesses to it, and he owns both access roads, but uh, a fella comes in with lumberjacks, and he says he's going to cut down the timber for for railroad ties for the railroad tracks, and so uh, the two have to face off, and you have to find out which one wins out, etc., the next one is In the Best of Families. That's a 1955 Rick Stout book. Again, it's kind of a typical Rick Stout book. You get all the clues, and with, um, uh, of course, you have, you have all the main characters that are usually in his books. It's uh, read by Jim Zeigert, and he reads a lot of talking books. And um, it's about seven hour, seven and a half hours long. But uh, in many of these new recordings of Rex Stout books, they have two things. They have the world of Rex Stout at the end of the books that tells you about um, some special letters or interviews or articles about Rex Stout that you normally wouldn't know about. And then at the beginning of the book, they have an introduction by uh, another mystery writer or uh, famous known writer analyzing the Rex Stout books, and I, I like those as well. So uh, I'd recommend that. Uh, the next book I have is called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. And that is a... 
That is a nonfiction <laughs> book, and it's by a fellow named Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is a physicist. And and in this book, it's a basic book about um, you know the, the our solar system and the planets, and uh, he puts it into very easy terms to understand. And the um, DB number is eighty nine eight. Four six about three hours and forty five minutes long, and uh, Neil De, uh, deGrasse Tyson actually reads the book and does a very good job on it. So, if you want some nonfiction and just want to know about our solar system and so on, uh, it's a good, easy book to read. The last book I have is Asimov's Guide to the Bible, and that is by Isaac Asimov. And that's DB five one one zero five fifty one one zero five. It's about the Old and New Testament, and uh, it's read by Lou Harpenauer, who's an APH narrator and has read many books. Most most stuff he reads is nonfiction. Um, but I think Asimov in this book, even though he himself uh, was Jewish, uh, he, he covers the Bible, mainly the King James, and tries to explain uh, about what things were and, you know, the, like if you want to know what a cubic was on measurement, um, you know, then he explains what it is and, and perhaps... Uh, Give us the best estimate for you to find out. And, of course, he starts with Genesis and goes through all the books. And if there are double references or something like that, he gives that to you. And, um, again, it's a nonfiction book, and it's, um, you know, easy to read again. So I would recommend that. Deb Lewis just came in. I'm sure she probably has something. Hello. Hello. Do you have any books? Um, finished reading P.S. You're not listening. <laughs> uh, that, I yeah. wanted to say that to somebody today, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> this, was a, this was a book about a teacher and her year in a classroom with very disturbed kids. Mm. And it made you want to, it made me feel like I wanted to go in the room, take all the boys, line them up, and give them all a good paddling, and give the little <laughs> girl that they picked on all the time a good hug. There you go. <laughs> and, and take the teacher a big box of donuts and lots of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The, the things that poor teacher went through. It was a classroom, it was experimental class, I guess and trying to mainstream some kids, well, not mainstream, but trying to get some kids back into regular classes that had pretty much been thrown out of school for their behavior issues. And this it sounded like it was maybe the 70s. It didn't sound like today. <laughs> Things that were going on, there were kids that had problems at home and police were coming to their house and all. and you know those kids today would be in Sounds foster like care oh. <laughs> in a minute the things they were going through 
But anyway, if you want a book, it's all about kids acting up and parents that aren't doing their job very well and teachers that are struggling to keep from being killed in their classroom. I believe it's nonfiction, but oh my goodness, yeah, because she was talking about her own family and her four kids that she was that were okay, and her husband, who's an author, who, who had taken the year off from his other whatever he had, other job he had, to sit in the attic and write. <laughs> While she's doing this, he's he's sitting in the attic writing, and she's dealing with these brats. <clears throat> oh well. Um. Another one I read, and I don't have the information written down, was the Buttonwood, South of the Buttonwood Tree. It was, it was fiction, fantasy-ish kind of book about a tree that dropped little round buttons from it that were wooden, and they would have messages on them for people who picked them up. <laughs> and uh, this one lady stopped to pick up a message, and it was about the uh, about a baby that was supposed to be south of the tree. So she looked around, and sure enough, there was a a, a newborn laying in the in a little, you know, like a box south of the tree. So she took the newborn and started caring for her, and it goes on to how the baby came to be there and who the baby belonged to, someone rather close to her, and... Uh, you know, close to the woman that found her. Mm-hmm. It was quite a story. Because <laughs> you, know, you had the mystery of where did this baby come from, mystery of the why this lady that found the baby, sister was living with her and was so depressed and miserable. and So she's trying to figure her out, trying to take care of this baby. And it, all, it all turned out good in the end, I think. It was sort of a fun, sort of a good read. What's your question, Debbie Green? I have just published a book. Really? And really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it is called Not By Sight, and it's the subtitle is True Stories from an Amazing Journey, and it just talks, it has a religious theme, talking about trusting God, you know, in times in my life. How, you know, how we've all had to just trust God, and some of it's related to being blind. It's got, started out being a little book of poetry, and then that was going to be just a pretty small little book, and then someone said, you probably have a story that goes with each of these poems, and I did, so I, so I did that. So, but here's my problem. Um, I, of course, won it in audio. Uh, I'm self-publishing. My publisher is Zulon Press. And they will put it in audio for me, um, but it's going to cost me $2,200. Oh, my God. That's nuts. So I'm going, to, I'm going to do that eventually, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm having to wait until I get that much money in from book sales <laughs> yeah. to do it. And I'm almost there. But here's what somebody said. It is available as an ebook, but maybe I can't remember was it. Who said it to me? It might have been one of you guys. Is make sure that it is speech enabled. Does that make you know, if it's on Kindle? Yes. 
is how do you get it to be speech enabled? Who who does that? I talked to my editor and he seemed to think it was a setting maybe on the reader's end, but I don't I don't know that it is because someone looked it up for me yesterday and it it did not seem to be voice or speech ready or whatever what they call it speech enabled or mm-hmm. yeah I mean you can read them without it and just use voiceover but. But that's um, but the point is she wants it. Yes, I know. Not need that done. I know. Because but, if I'm looking at a Kindle book and it's not speech enabled, I won't bother with it. Sure. I understand that, and I I mean I don't even yeah. read Kindle books, so I yeah. understand that. Yes. Yeah. Would the Talking Book Library help you to get that done? Since you're a contemporary author. Yes, they might record it, and and I left a message for them back a month or two ago, and they never called me back, and I don't think they realized, you know, that this was pending right now, that I I need to get back with them. But but I want the book available for sighted people, too. Right. So that's why I'm I'm trying, I guess I'm thinking I need to go to the commercial, commercial. uh, Deb, Debbie. You might want to look at Tell It to the World Marketing. Okay. Um, they might be able to offer you some guidance because that's what, that, what they're all about is helping um, blind entrepreneurs, blind writers get their message, get their product, get their work out in accessible format. Okay. You know, the other thing you might do, Kindle is owned by, I mean, Kindle is run by Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you know, it it would probably be call here, call there. You probably need the patience of Job to get to the right person. Right. But but I would call up, you know, start with calling, um, just calling the Amazon, call the call the Amazon okay. whatever accessibility line. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And well, I'll, I'll do that. I'll work on that next week and. See if I can track that down. Yeah, because a lot of those books are, I mean, you see so many of the Kindle books now that are, um, you know, that, that has that built in. So it has to be some kind of setting in the book itself. Yeah, it that's what I think. something that you can just do. And and then, of course, the question is, is there a, is there a charge to the author for that? You know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So anyway, okay, I well, I just idea. wanted to see if you guys were familiar with that. I, I don't, don't read books that way. I probably should, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll track that down and let you guys know. They just call it. I'm paying for it to be, you know, paperback, hardback, and and an ebook. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that includes Bookshare. No, it would not. No, okay. it would not. No, that's something I need to. Of course, here's the thing that I've always wondered about the putting um, a book on Bookshare is once it goes on Bookshare, I mean, you're not getting any money from that book. From the audio books. Yeah, just like when it, um, when a person uh, puts a book, you know, when NLS does a book, the the person is not getting any money from the download of that book and and reading it to NLS. Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure Bookshare is the same way. Yeah. yeah. There's no cost. There's no cost. I'm not sure if I were an author, quite honestly, if I were Mm -hmm. an author, 
if I would, uh, unless it was coming in through, I'm sure those big publishers have some kind of arrangement with Bookshare where they do get um, something for their authors. But that could be, you know, yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to think twice if I was struggling and trying to sell my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'd want it on Bookshare, I would sure. want it on Kindle because Kindle obviously has some arrangement to compensate the author. Okay. And now, when you, uh, not by sight. An amazing, a true stories from an amazing journey. And and I'm, I'm my my name is my name is Debbie Green. Yes. Yeah. Really? Learns <laughs> <laughs> every day. I, I had someone was asking today. Someone was asking about my other book, and I and that's what made me, I had to explain to her that on that book my name was Deborah Zook. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that one. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thanks. I'll I'll track some of that down and let you guys know then. Well, I think we've had, we definitely had some good books. Thanks for coming, and we'll see you all next Friday. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio Eye at radioeye.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.